Everybody, welcome back to Down to Watch. What's up, buddy? What's up, Dan? Yo, man. Uh, hey, I'm Raul. Dan. Yes. Uh, you wanted to talk about something right here at the top of the show that I was curious about. Yeah, uh, you're the, actually the one that brought this to my attention. I don't think I had heard about this. Um, there's a little indie. There's an indie horror movie. You know, I'm on the I'm on the horror movie tip. Although I got to tell you. Uh, there's so many movies you know that now that because of all the streaming stuff there's just a mm-hmm. million movies everywhere uh, and the horror community has actually really developed a big indie scene mm-hmm. so there's like sh- especially Shudder but like a million other outlets there's constantly yeah. uh, a ton of movies coming out so it's hard mm-hmm. to keep up with uh, horror movie new horror movies especially right. Uh, experimental stuff so yeah. I kind of rely on news sites and things like that to turn me on to things like uh, this movie that's sort of an independent horror movie called Skinamarink that I've yeah. been hearing that the first thing I heard was uh, that it was now vying for the recently acquired title for scariest movie of all time recently acquired by Hereditary supposedly oh no I wouldn't no, say that. No, you don't think so. No, I don't think I get. I can. I can see uh, uh, that idea, um, and it's like it's almost. I would equate it actually more to the feeling I had with something like uh, Blair Witch Project. Okay, you know, uh, and that's funny that you say that because mm-hmm. somebody described this movie as you know that feeling of of absolute terror you get when the camera turns the corner and you see him standing in the corner yes. like facing the dark yeah the movie is that feeling stretched across the film yeah uh, yeah that's what i that's how i heard it described in a way yes i would say that's uh that's the exact moment because yeah it's not like blair witch in any way visually or um like narratively or anything like that because it's a complete uh experimental horror it's like what does it look like what is the film so, play like yeah so basically the opening shot's super interesting because you could just see down this hallway into this this uh kid or somebody's like going into a room in and out of a room something like that and i saw this shot and i was like oh that's a cool shot and I, it's the opening thing for three minutes maybe because it's the all the opening credits everything's going on whatever but i was thinking at some point we're going to get to like more of just like a normal movie in some way traditional you know traditional shot setup and yeah all. yeah and then i quickly realized though that this thing is completely committed to being exactly like that first shot uh in every way so what i think the look of it is that I can best describe because it's on the big screen. So it's blown up. So all you see is film grain. The whole movie is film grain, basically. You're right. And it's film grain, I think, transferred to a VHS because it's it's not just straight film grain. It's like film grain with like a little like, with like, like static filter. noise. Yeah. Like a little bit of noisiness to the film. So that's a cool aspect. And it says it's in um, taking place in 1995, mm-hmm. which makes sense because that was like a heavy VHS time frame. So, okay, I take that. And uh, yeah, and then it's just basically like we just slowly uh, single shots creeping around this house in all these like weird looking ways where we're not even sure what we're seeing a lot of the time, you know? It's like through the film grain, you're just barely making out little like images. Okay. Of like getting the context for where are we at in this house or whatever. Slowly, um, every once in a while, like literally there's no dialogue really almost at all. It's like every once in a while we'll hear the kids like whispering. Like, I do, where's I dad? Do hear in the, I do hear in the um, trailer a voice say, come upstairs from above the uh, stairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's very scary, Dan. It's a very scary, it's a very I scary guess, uh, voice. It's weird though. When you have seen enough like, really really like something like a hereditary or whatever it's like and it's also because it's 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 separating to me the horror from the filmmaking Mm -hmm. so much that like uh it's just kind of creepy to me it's not like 
horrifyingly okay. like scary it's like no it's just like a creepy voice there's like a lot of creepy voices in this thing spread out but it's so many shots of like and the, there's like a cool backdrop of of cartoons playing yeah uh, like old cartoons kind uh, of are the soundtrack tube style uh free free to use what's that called domain uh oh yeah like uh archive like government yeah. archive stuff or whatever yeah, yeah. So a lot of creepy shots of like uh, four by three old school like tube TV playing uh, uh, cartoons. That's most of the lighting I hear. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, like emanating from the TV down the hallway, down the uh, staircase, whatever. Yeah, and so uh, basically the premise, if we had to have a premise, was may may I tell you what I heard the premise okay. was? Yeah, so a pretty quick line, but it was full of promise. Yep. Uh, two children wake up in their home to find their father missing and all the windows and doors uh, leaving the house are gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty that's much it. That's scary as hell. That's as scary as hell. But, but uh, again, I know. Yeah, it is. It is. But again, it's like you need to be the type of person that's going to be committed to this thing that you're not going to have those kind of clear-cut answers of like anything of like what happened to the dad necessarily. What? Why are the kids alone? Also, there's a mom figure too which they don't mention that but and maybe because the mom died at some other point so she's just kind of this ghostly figure you see a couple times it's like you're not seeing the dad at all really you're seeing a little uh shadowy figures in the bedroom sometimes of him or something um uh, and then there's a there's another voice so there's let's say okay yeah there's two kids mom dad and then there's a fifth ominous voice that's the one who kills one of the sisters basically one of the okay. sisters between the sister and the brother kills the sister and the voice slowly you reveals like i had to uh i had to kill her and then you hear a voice before that and i think that's how she dies is the voice says to uh put a knife in your eye or something oh, like that geez. so <laughs> but again you're not seeing any of this happening like they're, you're hearing the voice but it's not like you're just seeing blatantly like somebody stabbing themselves in the eye every once in a while there's like maybe three or four moments in the entire thing with like jump scares and I don't jump. I'm not a jumper at all. Like yeah. with these kind of things in movies where everybody jumps and I didn't physically jump, but in my body hmm. I did jump. Your soul jumped. My soul jumped a beat, uh, but it's mainly because it was punctuated with super loud out of nowhere screeching mute noise too, right. you know? So it's just like, if you don't do, if you don't, if your body doesn't do something when that happens, you're also, you know, the ominous voice. You're a, you're a character like the ominous like, voice. Definitely sounds like Hereditary is hanging on to the title of scariest movie of all time. Yeah, because it's just it's hard. It's hard, man. When you when you're gonna be experimental, okay, fine, you're experimental, but you're not also gonna be the most horrifying thing of all time to me. Right. To me, it's hard to pull that off. So, um, yeah. So you know what made it a little funnier to me too is because there was only I think five total seats sold. Like I think I was the fifth, and then out of nowhere though, all these kids come in that I know don't have tickets. I don't think they're old enough to buy tickets to this. Mm -hmm. And they're like running around the theater. They like go in the back, these like maybe six kids. They go to the back of the theater and one of them leaves. They all leave. And then they all come and sit in the front row. So it just added this other element that I thought was kind of uh, fun and interesting because it was just this weird... Weird chaos going yeah, around you? Yeah, I'm just like, isn't this kind of fitting? Like, I don't even care because this movie's so crazy. It's not like right. they're distracting me from anything. Right. So, uh, How long yeah, is so that it? was fun. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. Seems long. Hour 38, yeah. <laughs> but I can tell you this. I can tell you this. It's that thing where, and I wrote this in uh, to a friend of mine too. Let's see here. Skinner Marie is that thing where you for 20 minutes are getting adjusted to, okay, I guess this is it. And then you settle in and accept the premise and the visual language starts to make sense. Since in this case, it's just subtle shifts in images and if you aren't locked in, you will miss them. Which happened to me. I almost missed one of the... Um, because you see the doors and the windows every once in a while like vanish. You just okay. see you, if you're not watching though, it just happens and it goes to the may, next shot. So you don't. May I say? Yeah. In, do you remember the VHS? The um, the what's the movie called? VHS? Yeah. I never saw it. The, I never saw it. Oh, you never saw it? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. No. Well, it's good. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the VHS uh, series is very good. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's their anthologies. So each each film has four or five stories in it. Right. And I'd say better than half almost every time. Oh, wow. Like cool. at least half of them are worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, but the 
final one in VHS in the original, the final movie in VH, uh, the final story in VHS mm-hmm. has them has a bunch of guys going to a party, but the party ends up being like a séance or some sort of a ritual or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're they're trapped in that they're in the house. They I go into the basement. Holy crap! We saw the ritual, and the people doing the ritual saw us. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to escape this big house, big kind of Victorian-y style. Sure. Um, and as they're running up the stairs and getting into the like foyer or, or, or living room mm-hmm. area, yeah. the wall, the windows and the doors start to like delete themselves. Mm. So they start to like shrink to a point sort oh, of wow. a thing. Interesting. Uh-huh. And it's really scary. Like yeah. it's a cool, scary thing. Like because it's, like, v- it's, like, it's, it's like a VHS look, right? It looks yeah, like on a VHS I mean, tape, kind of. It's got VHS grain for sure. Yeah. It's okay. Got the, it's got digital grain, and it's got the the it, little uh, the the points of a uh, of a tube TV. You know, all the little dots. Right, and that's um, why it's cool when you take when you could do special effects inside a VHS filtering thing. I think that makes it interesting too. Which is what but this. But I think also the the too. concept of having your homes like. Uh, features yeah. disappear is also very scary. Yeah. Like yeah. that's an impossibility that's happening and it's and it's happening to things that you're very familiar to right i think is a cool idea but it sounds like this is one just for the people who are willing to try something experimental yeah exactly it takes a lot for for some for people to be committed to something like this i think um for those that do i think you're rewarded because like i said it pays off because you get sucked into this world like that's what the creepiest thing was to me was that how comfortable i was getting being in this place and feeling comfortable yet obviously it's just creepy as hell but it's just like it's like if you lived in a haunted house for a week obviously eventually you would make that your home in some way that's going to become fine it's going to become a home or whatever uh what is it humans as humans we can become accustomed to anything that is our superpower right it is also our our achilles heel uh right right um so yeah so in that way that's uh that makes it worth it, I think. Yeah, as like a thing um, to watch, and then there is like a little bit of weird bloodiness hmm. at some points, and then it's like things will come and go, come and go, kind of appear and reappear. Oh, what I was gonna say is, so what it what I took from it too was the feeling of being a kid and the way you're scared. Right, you can be scared as a kid. You could scare yourself basically in a lot of ways, you know. Where you're, yeah, you could, your mind fills itself with uh, you're creating rules of a world that you're inventing in your head. Exactly. As you're scaring yourself by those very rules. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that. Like this was this felt like it was from the kid's perspective mm-hmm. in a really great way. You know. Where yeah, they. I believe like, the cam. None of the cameras are fixed at a higher point than like three feet off the ground or something mm, like that. So as to give the perspective of a child. Right. For the most part, you're right. Yeah. And then until what was sick, this was maybe the the, the most creative effective, thing. Let's effective. Say, yeah. yeah. Was that you see this shot? It just pops up as a shot, and you and it, you think it's the ground. You think it's the ground, and there's something mm-hmm. on the ground, and it's like a little domey looking thing, and it slowly starts to pull back. And you realize that's the ceiling and it's upside uh-huh. down. Right. Because you see the doorway and the doorway connects to the top and not the gotcha, bottom. Gotcha, yeah. So yeah, so that that part that's was cool. I was like, oh dude, that is that's a really sick idea. Yeah. So then all of a sudden that's when you start flipping into different angles in the house and you're questioning where you're seeing the house from. And a lot of times you're looking at the ceiling more than the floor, you know? And you're not if really anything, sure. it sounds like this is a filmmaker that's gonna end up doing something pretty cool, movie three or four. <laughs> yeah. I could see yeah. that. But that's the thing is it's like, you know, you got to step away from your experimental stuff at some point a little bit. I think you know? maybe, he, maybe because he figured out how to do experimental things with this movie, he's going to yeah. be able to make something truly unique right. uh, in his next one. Yeah. But I do feel like the way that people are talking about this movie is maybe sold me a false bill of goods mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh what i was expecting out of this movie right uh speaking yeah. of yes maybe being sold a false bill of goods when you're <laughs> when you're okay. getting kind of an idea of what a show or a movie's going to be about uh-huh that yep. doesn't always have to be bad necessarily right. yeah sometimes it could be a surprise like say like say that you're going to watch what you expect to be uh a neon drenched a uh, grimy crime story yeah. uh, from the point from from some unpleasant perspectives 
but ultimately mm-hmm. telling the story of, of people that you're rooting for, flaws and all. Right. right? Yep. But then you end <laughs> up getting some 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 weird some weird sound effects, some some experimental uh storytelling usage yep. or, 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 or tactics. Right. And then when you least expect it, <laughs> dot 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 magic question mark. <laughs> yep. Then yeah. we watched Copenhagen <laughs> Cowboy, uh the yep. new TV show from a uh a creator that you're a huge fan of, Nickling yep. Winding Reffin? Nicholas. Pronounce that? Nicholas. Nicholas Nickling? Winding. Nickeling Windis. Nicholas Windis. I like that, yeah. No, he goes by NWR, if you didn't uh, know. Yeah, I'm which, not going to uh, be doing that. Uh, which, so I can justify it. I can justify it, but... Whatever, um, whatever. But you listen, fun. listen. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not going to call McG, McG, I'm not going to call Refin, uh NWR? NWR. <laughs> He's got he's got to hit me harder than uh, this show has so far, uh, but that's not to say I didn't enjoy the show. Dan, how do you okay. like it so far? Okay, so this has been a roller coaster journey for me mm-hmm. because I, uh, my brother is also a big fan. He watched it unbeknownst to me. Like I didn't, I I, I told him about it. I, Wait, he knew oh, it was coming. Okay, out. I was gonna say there's he watched it without you recommending it. There's no, people no, 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 watching no. this show without you recommending it. <laughs> no, he know he. I sent him the trailer a long time ago when we first or all heard about it, and then mm-hmm. uh, reminded him that it was on. But he just hasn't been keeping up with a lot of like things like this. When I tell him like, oh, you got to see this movie, like the movie The Menu. I told him to watch that. He was watching sure. the other night, so he's on a kick right now. He he, he busted them all out. And did not like it really, and told okay. me, yeah, and he's a big fan. So that was speaking a he's lot. He's a refin fan. Yeah, he's a like ref fan. Like I asked him yesterday because he was rewatching one of the episodes with me, and I'm like, "Don't you think Drive is the best thing that he's ever done, like all around?" And he's like, "No, I like the Amazon show and Only God Forgives like better than Drive." And I was like, "Wow, that's crazy to me because that Amazon show was insanely experimental and mm-hmm. like super glacially paced compared to even this show, which." is kind of crazy because most people I don't think can really take what's going on in this show even though this is moving f- pretty fast for him like there's things happening if you continue with it that's what threw me off though was that first episode I was not really into because um, I watched one I watched all episodes all six except for two episode two I decided to skip because I kind of wanted to get to the end and I didn't think I was going to have time to watch them all. And I asked my brother, I was like, do you think it's, what do you think about skipping around with these episodes? And he kept telling me, well, it's like this episode's pretty good. And then he's like, this part's pretty good in this one and whatever. And so I was just like, okay, I'm going to do three, four, five, six. And then I'll go back so at some point and see Before two. we started recording, I told you that because we watched Kaleidoscope, that show where you yeah. don't have to watch it in order, that your brain had been ruined by that show. And now you're going to start <laughs> watching shows all willy-nilly like a lunatic well because this uh, show this show lends itself i think a little bit towards I don't think so. yeah well i go mean ahead. Go i don't know because like each episode like he, this is very much a lot of this is like painting it's like a painterly type mm. situation you going told on me that i couldn't use the word uh tone poem the phrase tone poem in the, in no the don't use that don't use that yeah yeah <laughs> i don't like that i don't like that because the poem the, it's the poem word the word tone and I like saying vibe. I was telling oh, my that's brother. That's the kind of poem that it is. It's not a. It's not a, a poem like a verse poem. Yeah, but this is more than a poem. This is yeah. more like I a poem agree. is I like agree. a thing. You know, I, th- so, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think I think more of a world. Uh, uh, Skinamarink is a tone poem. Yes, that's I if think, anything, that's yeah. more what that is. Yes, for sure. Yeah, and so this thing is like sprawling in that. I think you don't really get outside of a lot of the into the other. Um, no uh, oh, crime families because there's a lot more locations right two or three yeah so later so starting episode I should three say i've seen episode one and two mm-hmm. mm. yeah which my brother did tell me what what happens in episode two and i you know you saw you saw episodes one three seventeen forty five xwz <laughs> and uh the color silver i think those are the episodes you saw yeah, basic. Well, no, but I just I saw everything except for two, so that's pretty easy, you know. <laughs> two is really good. Two, you should yeah. should have watched. I didn't go two. off the rails like good. I told you. I was telling <laughs> you I might go more off the rails. I decided yeah. to pull back on that, which I'm glad I did a, a little bit, uh, and I had the time, so I got through three, four, I would say five. You should have watched two. I should. I would say you you should have watched, watched two. two. Well, you see what the name of two is? Did you see the name of the second episode? Uh, I forget. They're all kind of crazy It's called, names. well, the reason is, is I remembered is because mm-hmm. I 
uh, immediately wanted it uh, to happen. Oh. I think it's called something like, uh, there it is, Vengeance is My Name. That's oh, the, oh, right. So I was like, okay, thank God. I don't have to wait. Yeah. Like, literally the first episode, and this happens. I understand that this yeah. happens. Uh, uh, we live in a society, we live in a society, first of all. Thank mm-hmm. you, Joker. We live in a society uh, that likes true crime. Be aware, true crime is not a yeah. new thing. We're not suddenly in the age of new crime. Go back right. in history. We were into grisly, gory, and messed up stuff throughout history. Mm-hmm. It is normal. It is regular. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first episode, it really digs into misery in a mm-hmm. way that I don't. I don't think the show would have been able to come back if it didn't pay it off with some sort of vengeance by mm-hmm. the second episode. And right. it does. Right. And it does pay back. It pays off the vengeance. Yeah. Uh, the only problem, I think, with the whole vibiness of this show yeah. is that because it dwells in things like misery, you have to be uh-huh. good at being able to enjoy the flavors of like of, of a vibe yeah. and, and a mood. Right. Right. Uh, because they're not in a hurry to tell you the story and the mm-hmm. places where they let you wait are real messed up places. Right. That's exactly. Yeah. And that's I'm used to that with this dude, because to me, there's nothing in this show that's it, it's actually pulling back. He's actually showing restraint in a lot well, of ways, surprisingly, but uh, you, if you, you know his stuff. You mentioned Drive. You mentioned Drive earlier. Yeah. And I think that Drive has more messed up stuff in a shorter package. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at least I'm not sitting in it. At least I'm mm-hmm. not. We'll have we'll have something real bad happen, and then we'll cut to what's his name, uh, the comedian who plays the villain of the movie. Uh, oh yeah, um, doing something God, funny, being yeah. funny for a bit, and yeah. and funny in a menacing way. And then you're like, this is such a different feeling from what I was just feeling. Yeah. That that Refn didn't made me sit in it. He didn't make right. me sit in some domestic violence that that uh, what's her name from mm-hmm. Mad Men is experiencing because I like mm-hmm. her and I don't want bad things to happen to her. So right. like we're gonna bounce on. If this is if this is some like uh, like a. Uh, uh, emotional like uh, uh, like if you're em- picking apart the emotions of these people then yeah. I understand maybe a little bit more sitting in moments like this but I don't think at least in this show that we're supposed to be giving a damn what any of the bad guys feel about any yeah. of us other yeah. than other than noticing how humanistic it is when they're gross when they're weird when they're pathetic when it when you look uh-huh. at the lives that they that the people "Quote unquote" in power in this show lead, and yeah. you realize that they're also sad ass lives, and that yeah. you you hate them more for for causing pain to these people mm-hmm. just to support a shit life that they have. Like right. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're supposed to feel their emotions in yeah, no. in those, uh-uh. and that's why I don't think that sitting in the misery kind of is as effective as it is in other things. Mm, interesting. Yeah, like I would say overall though, for what he's done. Uh, there's not as much misery in general. Um, and maybe I'm in just this, completely in desensitized. In this, in this show, yeah. Okay, okay. In this show, compared to like Amazon, the Amazon show I thought was way I more. I did not see, yeah, that. I didn't see yeah. the Amazon show, so I can't compare them. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. I'm just, yeah, you could take take my word for it. But it's like, uh, yeah, but it's like at least we have a character. Like, he doesn't always give us a character like Mew, the right. uh, the the, man, the not manic pixie uh, wish girl. And uh, yeah, like she's she's there as like somebody that we can kind of uh, like follow along through this thing, you know. I think it's kind of guiding takes us. You, but I think even through, I don't think that you can turn off the idea of the misery for Mew, uh, at least mm-hmm. throughout the first episode, because you don't know that her aloofness comes from a place of untouchability. Yeah, throughout no. that first episode, it looks like she's just as abused as any of the other girls in this situation. So right. I don't think that the the misery is minimized because of her character in the first episode. Maybe it does as you as the show progresses and yeah. you go, oh, she could take care of herself. Oh, she's she's actually in okay, charge. So the thing is, you know? I almost texted you and told you when I saw the first part of episode four, because that's when uh, we see what she can do. Right. And she is... A, like a karate kind of like kung fu uh taekwondo person well, and she's she not can, wearing that tracksuit for nothing yeah exactly yeah so like she she like beats that uh 
You know that guy that picked up the girl at the end of the first episode? Yeah. That Great guy? Great looking yeah. villain. What yeah. a fantastic looking villain. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, he gets his comeuppance in the uh, beginning of episode four uh, where he gets eaten by pigs. Literally, she beats his I ass mean, in a pig farm. The same pig farm. That is what... Yeah. I, yeah he, that's what... That's... Uh, uh, what is his name? Mercer? Um, uh, from Hannibal, from the oh, that's exactly what I was thinking Hannibal. of. Yep, Mason, yep. Mason something. Yeah, the guy with half a face, uh-huh. right? Right, that the, got he eaten has by a pig farm. Yep. He is, he has them for the consumption of human bodies. Right, and then at the end of the movie, he is fed to his pigs. Right, exactly. Yeah, so this guy lives. So we get to see him like lit, and it's horrendous, dude. What is happened Mason to this guy? Verger, is that it? Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds, that sounds right. right. Yeah, I, I like I that. Yeah, but it wasn't. But 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 that's not present at the beginning. And and I realize that you watched it out of order. But I'm going to approach like talking about this show as if like you're supposed to watch it one to six. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. No, like, and I I I know what happens in two somewhat because I I know she gets the vengeance. She burns down the house, right? She gets all the women out. That's all the way at the end. Uh, But yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So like one well, and no, two. Well, no, but the important thing she does in two is she she becomes friends with the Chinese restaurant. That's what that's the oh, thing okay. that she does. Oh, okay. So she, then she she proves to Mama Holda that yeah. she is basically magic. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's how episode three opens. Is that uh, all of a sudden Muse in the Chinese restaurant? Yeah. She so, so. A, a a woman came to the Chinese restaurant. Uh, asking for help, but Mama Holda was in the back feeding her pigs. Uh, so Mew came to the f- back, like somehow, like yeah. mysteriously, magically, uh-huh. and said, "Hey, somebody's in the front." And Holda was like, "You're weird, but fine." <laughs> and then she went to the front, and it was a pregnant lady who was uh, crying. Uh-huh. Uh, she brought her in. The baby was coming. The baby is born, stillborn. Uh, the mom mm-hmm. wants to take her to the hospital. Mama Holda's kind of like telling her to stay down. Hands Mew the dead baby. Sort of pretending like she's going to take her to the hospital, but really yeah. just trying to take care. Like, the baby is dead. The baby's not yeah. going to make it. And trying to save the mom. Uh-huh. Um, uses a giant hatchet to chop the... Uh, they, I bet you they that hatchet oh, wow. comes back, right? I don't think... Does no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Right. Uh, to chop the baby's umbilical cord. And then oh, wow. puts it back on the uh, on the line in, in the restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the way she runs this restaurant is kind of crazy. Like, so, uh, uh, yeah. And then... Uh, they look up because the baby starts to cry. Sure enough, Mew has brought the baby back to life. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah, because the first episode, I think it's only like, it's. you think that it's just basically that this lady's like reading too much into what Mew can even do, like about trying mm-hmm. to get pregnant. She's yeah, like an older woman. That seems like the thing. Sure. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this is like some Eastern European kind of like voodoo stuff that she's well, trying to get down with. I don't think we with. lose that. I don't think that we ever like. I think that that stays true, other than the fact that like she makes her bleed that night or whatever. But yeah, I think that's just a that was in the course of of Mew taking care of her business, not like. It didn't but have I'm, anything to do with the superstition that these ladies have. I think but it's that's real. A like this, this power yes. is real. But I'm saying, yes. like at that moment in episode one, I wasn't so sure. I was like, maybe everybody's reading into this. Maybe it's her racket. Is that she's sold herself in this way? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I'm a. She's like, I'm an orphan. Remember, she says, I think the girl she asked was her sold at five or something like that. Yeah. yeah, like I don't know who my parents are. I don't know where I'm from. This kind of stuff, uh, which proves to be true. Did you did you know about the ending and stuff? Super I don't know how much spoilers. Time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so because yeah. I think we need to get this listener, out there. Yeah, for the listener, mm-hmm. there is a huge thing about this show that it almost feels as if Nickeling Windis is uh, <laughs> yeah. is ashamed of. It's almost as if he's ashamed of an entire aspect of this show, and so he tries desperately to hide it. But then, uh, but then uh, Reed Hastings, uh, he's just so wealthy, and then he he goes, "No, sir." No, sir, Mr. Winding Refn. Uh, I own Netflix, and I say what goes, and I hired you to make a show about magical creatures from another dimension. Yeah. Where the fuck are my magical creatures? And he goes, ha, you've yeah. missed this whole time the main yeah. character has been yeah. a magical creature. <laughs> which, like, knowing that, because my brother completely spoiled it for me while I was yeah. watching episode three, which I'm kind of glad. I told him. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, thank you, actually. Like, I like want to, I think watching yes. this in that context helps a little yes. bit. Yeah. And 100%. so, yeah. And so, uh, 
so yeah so i didn't that wasn't a surprise at the end um uh, which you didn't see yet but basically uh, i found I, i'll tell you what oh, you read maybe i you found read, out but. enough I got, I got, I'm going to start reading some of my notes here because sure. some of them oh, yeah. are in very big letters. Okay. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> say vampires sooner is definitely a big note that I wrote because somewhere <laughs> in some review I read, yeah. oh, uh, by the way, there's vampires in this show and they should have told you that sooner. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you should have <laughs> told me that shit sooner. Yeah. Um, oh, what is the... The I think that I read a I read a, compl- a story in Complex about this, and I think the headline is Nicholas Winding Refn makes the the most boring show about the coolest story possible. Right, like, like <laughs> Nicholas Winding wrote the coolest story he could think, and then yeah. made the most boring show he could write about it. Yeah, or they're, and, they're and saying direct insulting they're and and um, and uh, oh, well, he didn't write it. Did no, 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 no. He wrote it, but I'm saying, oh, they're saying like just they're generally. They wrote an incredibly the story cool show, is cool, but like and then the actual chose writing. to tell all the boring parts of the story. <laughs> I don't agree with that, but of course, no, um, I understand. Yeah, but, yeah, I but have that's, my, that's I have my that's things, but when I get I started why people. to feel like I was getting a little bit closer to feeling the same feelings as somebody else about this show. Yeah, no, I get it. It's and frustrating. It, yeah, and that's what my brother said too. Was it just felt tacked on, kind of like at some point, it's just like. Oh, okay, yeah, th- those guys are vampires, and then oh, at the very end, she's an alien. She's a she's alien, and uh, well, you know, I, the 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 thing that I read, I guess, multi-dimensional equals alien. Uh, I yeah. heard her described as a spirit. Yeah, yeah, and they do call her that in the show too. They uh, call her a lucky uh, lucky coin is the term that um, goes around because um, she's really she's in good with like some of these uh, mob people because she already helped them in the past, right. and so she goes back to uh, to kind of reclaim her um, her like favor that she wants That's to right. ask for, and so uh, she's like the godfather of an extra dimensional uh, place. <laughs> yeah. So at the end. I'll just tell you this too. So like the climactic, non-climactic, climactic part is uh, she's walking through the woods and all these other little pixies come out of nowhere Mm. and start following along. And all of a sudden there's like maybe like six at the total amount maybe. And then by then- she's like the boss? She's like the leader? Not really. There's this other oh, girl that's the one. she's just in a crowd? Okay. Yeah. She joins up. She's verified. She Like this woman puts her hand on her chest she to verify who they are. QR code up and... <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right, you're good. Hop in the line and just <laughs> quietly walk with me in your tracksuit. They're all wearing blue tracksuits, of course. And so uh, the thing that you didn't see is... So the brother that got eaten by the pigs from the beginning that killed the woman... Uh, uh, he basically has a sister who's dead or like just always in her coffin in the basement and he gets blood from his mom. He kills oh. his mom and uses that blood to revive his sister. So all of a sudden the sister is the powerful one who we only literally see put on a red tracksuit and then go out and yell some kind of screeching noise that the pixies all like cover their ears and like are crying. And right. there's some kind of, that's the battle of the, the uh, creatures versus the pixies right which there is in it it's all set up kind of for um maybe another season or whatever maybe i don't know Ooh, so it's gonna be tough it's very vague it's not a great uh ending doesn't give you a lot of answers in fact it implies that there are giants somewhere sure uh, no, that can yeah, help I, that can help i uh i once i understood that this was a show about supernatural stuff mm-hmm. i was like oh then anything then anything mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. be and that's fine like i get yeah it. Uh, especially with his style like his style lends itself so much to that too, where it's like if you can just get on the wavelength. Like once well, you by, by the episode by episode three, I'd say for sure four, I was completely on board. Like with 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 everything. There there is something to his style that adds the ability to to really appreciate the fantastic in the mundane, and I mm-hmm. think that's that's his 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 like ability right there mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. can you can leave a scene you can look at a scene and you can stare at a chinese restaurant and be like i've been in this chinese restaurant i know what this chinese restaurant looks like mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you can be like wait has that person been floating there for five seconds i didn't realize it <laughs> right that's an ability that that refin has for sure mm-hmm. totally can i think that he abuses that the power of sitting in a scene. Um, there's a scene where in the second episode, you didn't see this. Okay. Yeah. There's fine. a scene in the second episode mm-hmm. where Mew walks into the Chinese restaurant and the lady says, Hey, the kitchen's closed. And she goes back to her to cleaning up. And then yeah. Mew sits down at a table and the lady comes back. She goes, There's, there's act, we're not going to serve anymore. And she comes yeah. back. She goes to clean up. Some another have somebody t- talks to the chef, comes back. She tells Mew, 
uh, we're going to be closing soon. Mew stands up, but just stands there. The lady yeah. leaves, does, does a few other things. I screamed at my television, <laughs> life is not eternal. You cannot make me sit here and watch this forever. This did not lend to what you're trying to accomplish. Right. It, it, it strained it. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the parts that I have trouble with this show. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, that's why there's mood and then there's and then there's abuse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what like the Amazon show is like that even more than that right. and and longer because it's 10 episodes. So it's like it, yeah, you would not be, be And, down and with that, there but. are people, there are there are there are talents that can do that in a way that is entertaining. Yeah. There it's very possible that Refn himself has done it in other places that are entertaining. Yeah. The in this particular case, I feel like it's to the detriment of the show. What I'll say is he he abuses this type of a shot. I don't know if you saw it in any of your episodes. Oh, it does happen in, in that one at first episode with the mm-hmm. Serbians all playing like kissy face and like selfies oh, yeah. with each other and stuff yeah, yeah, and yeah, whatever yeah. the hell is going on. And That's, it's sp- uh, the camera oh, spinning, right? Oh, the camera yeah, spinning yeah. around to like just see the room. But it's like, and that, OK, wait, that's fine. But the just, very end. right? OK, yeah. So so that scene that looked like it should have been playing like Mad World by uh, Gary yeah. Jules <laughs> as we were like taking in how all these people's lives are actually very sad. Yeah. When they're trying to pretend they're actually like cool like, or like, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But instead, the music that we have is the only music that Nicholas Winding Refn has in his quiver. Yeah. Fucking cool techno electronic yeah. uh, badass music. Yeah. Which was wrong, I think, for the scene because to me that scene just said, "Look how cool these guys are." Right. Right. No, you know? I know. No, no, it didn't. It, yeah, it didn't work. I was work. confused. Like, I was confused by that scene. Yeah, and there's sometimes where like the these shots that he's using, where he's just panning around a room from a single central point. Yeah. It's like they go nowhere and they're not the right type of a shot maybe to visual, use in so, visual language in where he comes from it's different maybe because of from an american point of view the 360 uh panoramic uh get everybody on the team in the shot uh-huh. shot yeah. means a thing to us that means something different it in, could be maybe maybe but he's highly land danish Danish. Well, but dude, if you've heard this guy talk, like I saw him in a Q&A when I saw Neon Demon at, I saw it at the Panorama thing in the, uh, in LA, you know, uh, it was a special screening. He's very American. Like he's, he's, he's like a, per- he speaks perfect English, you know, like uh-huh. he's completely not a foreigner in that sense. But he's not, but, so, but I don't know what is, I don't know if he's trained like himself to try to be. Well, think about Pusher, like the Pusher series. He doesn't do those ever at no, all. Nah, Drive, he doesn't do it at all. Yeah, like I think he does it once. No, but he plays with camera. He plays with the camera. He does. No, he's starting to play with stuff by then. But then like uh, it's getting increasingly a little yeah. bit too right. in that lane. So there's one shot where it does work, which is when uh, the Asian, there's this Asian mob guy who I don't think you saw maybe He's a, he's no, in episode Mama three. Hold is the only real one I saw okay. from the Yeah, so Mama Hold is under the thumb of this Asian yeah. mob guy. Uh he kidnapped her daughter and all this stuff and Muse helping out with that too. But um uh, but there's a scene at the very end where she, that mob guy's walking around Mew and this the camera goes around and it's like, okay, that mm. makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that lends the, itself. The camera was following a character right. and, it, and it led to a fluid movement. That, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Showing a point of view or whatever. So yeah, that was like one uh, nitpicky thing that kind of uh, annoyed mm. me. Uh, and the fade in, fade outs so like on a scene where there's no dialogue and we're just seeing a space. Sure. Some of yeah. that I don't mind. Some of that I don't mind because it's very painterly. Yeah. But isn't, is that, is it because, is that, I don't mind that because I'm used to art film and I know that is, that is (laughs) like a signature of art, of art film. Yes. Is, is the push into a new scene. Just kidding. We're back out of it in five seconds. (laughs) Just wanted to, just just wanted to show you that visual. It was a, it was a a uh, fun uh, idea. Let's a bon mot, not a bon mot. What is the 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 like an appetizer, like a little like a, uh-huh. a tiny piece oh, of appetizer, just a mousse bouche flavor. A, a mousse bouche yeah. of a scene that yeah. I wanted you to see. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that I, I think that there are people who watch film or watch movies and TV shows, see stuff like that, and they go artistic crap. 
this is artistic crap. Right. Like, yeah, for sure. Is, I hate that. For sure. They're not going to be on board with with that because it's just I don't very, I don't mind it, but I, mm-hmm. I can see why someone would be upset about it. Yeah. And that's why like a show like this, anything he does is for, I would say, less than one or maybe one percent or some, no, some percentage we'll of people. Up a little bit more. You think so? Like of <laughs> well, all people, yeah, though. Yeah, I'm saying like I'd of say all give it a 25% people that have of- Netflix. Of Netflix, I just push that you know? maybe twenty percent. Let's say about twenty percent, because I would hope I, that's I great. I stand behind. I stand behind. I think that the modern audiences have more savvy than the studios yeah. and advertisers think. Right. Uh, that's why foreign stuff gets more popular nowadays. That's why artsy stuff gets more popular nowadays. And it's a world uh, audience too. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of people in the world that that I think would be on board with this overseas for sure. I agree. You know? Yeah. And it's not like weird stuff never gets popular. You know, like no. I don't I no, I don't think this is I don't think this is gonna hit for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But it's not the artistry of it, I don't think. Right. I think or or it is the artistry, but it's not it's not the um the languidness of the of the storytelling mm-hmm. so much so as I think the like more like there's not there's a there's I think I feel like the themes here are kind of difficult to grasp too. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of bounce around from episode to episode too. At least in the two that I saw, mm. it's kind of hard uh, to grab an idea of what what story Mew is telling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The way I took it is mainly like we're just following her around to see um, the weird stuff she that happens to her. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And she's involved in all these weird worlds, and so that's kind of fun to have her as the the stagnant point of like right. everything with, revolving with, around her. With the Serbian brothel, I guess. Okay, we haven't even. If for whatever reason you made it this far into the episode without having watched the show, uh, an, an almost mute girl gets taken in by a Serbian madam into an awful, awful brothel uh, <clears throat> where her gangs that her gangster brother runs. Uh, Mew uh, suffers some uh, horrors, but nothing compared mm-hmm. to the other girls. Before she unleashes her horrors on them, they're all they all happen mostly off scene, off screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, before she moves on to a Chinese restaurant, where uh, presumably similar things happen. Right. Yep. Yep. And then this opens it up to, because we never go back to that those Serbian right. gangsters right. in that I same figure. way. Yeah, those are done. Do any of them come back? Do we ever see one of the characters? No. Like I could see uh-uh. the daughter maybe showing up again. No, only visions of the dead girl that Mew was about to run away the with friend, the from the first episode. Yeah. yeah, the one that gets killed in the in the pig farm. Um, she comes back via visions from that same house when Mew is there. Uh, and it's really cool. That's like that's when she realizes she has a vision. Oh, and that's when I wrote down she actually is kind of like Danny from The Shining mm, in a way. Sure. Like she can, yeah, she can shine. She's got the shine, and so she right. sees uh, that guy Nicholas that killed the girl uh, doing that in this vision. Uncomfortable that the director named the character after himself. Yeah, strange, uh, very strange. Uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. The character, yeah. the very first scene, also uncomfortable, is that. Is that large blonde man choking a woman to death? Uh, they're both nicely mm-hmm. dressed, and I thought that was a cool idea to juxtapose it with how we end up there. The reason why the mm-hmm. woman is nicely dressed is because she's actually a prostitute who happened mm-hmm. to be in like uh, what what appears to be like a weekly celebratory mm-hmm. uh, raping, I guess, <laughs> of uh, by by her. By her, the gang that runs the brothel. Oh yeah, I didn't really right? get that too. It seems like they make on. themselves a little party every week. Right. Well, they were calling them up for different reasons, and I th- I assumed that was just like like the choice for the uh, the oh, client the or customer? whatever, like the customer or something. Right. Yeah. But I like never the got the impression the... that they were working, like that there was like customers. Well, they keep them in that area where it's like they're like about to go on a stage or be used in some right. way, like the makeup area or whatever. But so we also, it, but, but, but that area connects to the office area, and then right. we also see the house. And at no point right. in any of those areas do we ever see anyone other than the girls and the people who are running. Yeah, and that was still just in the house, I think. Right? I think it was just still like a different area of the house where, like, you know, mm-hmm. like a yeah, yeah, a they're right next to each other. Thing happens. The, yeah, they, they, the only part that was kind of easy to tell where it was was that the makeup room type of thing was at the mm-hmm. bottom of that ramp. Exactly. That yep. was next to the house. Right, 
Right. Which is her little escape route. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Keep, keep me in and out of there and stuff. Yeah. So then, uh, yeah. So then we just continue. We go see different mob mob guys. There's other Serbian, this Serbian lawyer guy who's got connects with uh, another group of like mob dudes that, that run or deal drugs and stuff. And so Mew gets a job working uh, with this black dude who's like a kind of like a upper level underling guy. And they have a little relationship, which is kind of fun. Um and then ultimately that dude gets shot in a in like a not even a drug bust they just got oh there's a gang war about to start between the asians and the whatever and the whatever and there's a cool montage so some some of these parts popped up where i wanted to text you almost like maybe watch like the first five minutes of episode Mm -hmm. four and then like the first five minutes of episode five because there's like just to punctuate some things so you had some ideas of some more uh kind of like cool moments or whatever but Mm -hmm. um you can always do that uh, if you like, you know, because I think the, uh, you could skim through these episodes and just for cool, just to see like cool stuff or see her fighting, you know. The, there is stuff I wanted to like understand a little bit better because mm-hmm. Mew Mew does weird things, and I imagine uh, Raffin likes his actors to do weird things because it makes them weird because mm-hmm. because yeah. it adds a texture to the character, whether mm-hmm. it's a good texture or not. Who cares? More textures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does things like yawn. That there's a scene in the first mm. episode where she just yawns for like a minute mm. and see the kid. Oh, just that's right. Yawn. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, she does. You see inside her mouth, and you can see all her lot. teeth, mm-hmm. all her mouth. Yeah, and very strange. Very strange. Um, yeah. And then there's other scene where like uh, the girl who dies, uh, who's dressed up fancy because she was in the middle of that party when mm-hmm. she dies, mm-hmm. where she asks Mew for her phone, and then Mew does what appears to be a lot of thinking. Before <laughs> agreeing and handing her the phone, <laughs> and it's that stuff that I feel like a good story would uh, at some point indicate that this is Mew. These are moments of Mew doing something th- in the story that mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. later on you can appreciate. Oh, these are all moments where Mew was dot 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 doing that right. Yeah, uh, that that it's that kind of stuff that I was like, I kind of want to keep watching the show to see if they pay any of it off. Mm. Yeah, not really. No, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Like the yawning thing. Now looking back, let's say, you know, she's now like some kind of alien spirit thing. I could see her in that moment. That was like a transitional moment where now she's getting ready to go into maybe like a more uh, vengeful place or something, you know? But that never happens again. Like, we never see right. her uh, uh, react like that again. So, um, yeah, we just we see, like, there's just cool relationships that she's developed with, like, when she really helps somebody out. Like, the the we're introduced, or, yeah, it's an early scene with uh, Mr. Chang, who runs the Asian gang, and he, like, if you've seen Only God Forgives, there's a scene where an Asian dude fights um, uh, Ryan Gosling, and there's right. like a, it's like cool music and whatever, cool lighting. And it's the same kind of vibe as that. So you know that this dude is a physical character. But, uh, but Mew, he hears that, you know, she can, can help him. He's got some kind of, kind of like mental struggles and things on his mind, whatever. She helps him quite a bit with, uh, with a lot of that stuff. And, and it seems to work because he comes out of this session where she was working with him and she could see visions of what was going on. And that's how she knew that the, uh, Miss, uh, what's her name? Mama, Mama, Mama Holda. Holda. Yeah, her daughter was kidnapped by this dude, and she didn't know where her daughter was. And mm-hmm. so, um, in that way, Mew is kind of using this like reading and helping him, but also figured something out. So anyway, yeah, we just see a, we just see her capabilities. I guess the the height of her capabilities, which is that she could see visions and that she can she positively helps. Uh, in some way, like we're not exactly sure, but he describes it as you're, I feel like you're removing nails out of me. Oh, wow. You know, that's a very descriptive way to say it. Yeah. And then she reminds him, I can put them back in you. Like if you don't do what I need Ah, you to do kind of thing. Which is something I felt like I wish she had expressed to, uh, I'm not going to remember any of the characters names other than (laughs) Mew. And I just like saying Mama Holda. Yeah, that's Uh, good. It is. It's a good name. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking. Simona was the daughter, right? Simona. Yeah, that was the one that was killed with a C. Simona with a C. Oh, no. So you're right. Simona was the, the one that was fancy dressed, and then mm-hmm. later we figure it out it's because she was in mm-hmm. a sad place. Oh, uh, Refn is in the show as a yep, character I saw named him. Jorgen. I saw him. Yep. He doesn't say one word. Jorgen. He sits there very um, strangely in two different scenes. Two or three. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's fine. Then, it's just whatever. It's just his thing. Like one scene, was, one scene, I swear he was there, and then it looked like he like disappeared or like I don't know. He or you know he's in two different scenes with two different sets of people in completely different settings. One's like a corporate place. One's like a so it's there's no context for who he is, why he's there. He's almost like maybe some. Did other he just put himself too. in as like a and then me? It's just like sitting there. Yeah, it's just okay. yeah, it's just no. Also, point. Uh, was there an Asian man sitting with him? Uh, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for no reason, uh, art, art, true, true artistic mind, uh, video game developer, creator of Metal Gear Solid, mm. and uh, proven not assassinator of Shinzo Abe, even though they tried to, they, they put out his picture and they said it was him, uh-huh. Hideo Kojima, the video game uh, mogul, is also playing himself in this show. Dan, was there a, oh. was there a video game person in oh, this show? Oh, yeah. So at the very holy crap, it was Video Kojima. It's it's weird. It's it's one scene. It's at the very end. He's the one that announces to the lawyer guy who's now scared of Mew and wants to get out because she just mm-hmm. killed his uh, right hand man. Right. Um, he she calls he calls this guy in Japan and says what advice can you give me what can i do where can i go to be safe or whatever and this guy is the one that says go see the giants <laughs> ah go to the nice. land go, yeah you know what it's like, it all right, fits cool. and it, yep. if if ever you need a story to become truly esoteric that is yeah. a human being that truly exists in this world that would have no problem making your world more complicated that right. is a person has made us he's made his living <laughs> making over huh. making overly complicated worlds so right yeah. I yeah. love seeing him. He's a fantastic mind, a truly I had no brilliant storyteller. No it's fun to see him pop up in weird stuff like this. Also, yeah. did not kill Shinzo Abe. I can't. I can't. He is in Who? the middle of some lawsuits. <laughs> oh, really? They published this picture and they were like, this guy killed Shinzo Abe. Who is that? A real guy? Like in real life, the you mean? President or of Japan? Oh, that. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I didn't. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, guy's name that much, but yeah, that sounds president familiar. President of Japan who was recently assassinated while on stage. But yeah, why would they think it was him? They did not. Like, they published oh, the picture oh. of it and they said this man killed Shinzo Abe, oh and he was like, "That is my face." Yeah, that is that is uh, either libel or the other one, slander, you know, slander. One of I those. Think it's libel. Oh, libel. It's printed. It's, it's libel. Right, yeah. right. Slander. I think is spoke. Somebody would get sued if it was this country, but. Over there, over oh, there, I don't oh, know. He's suing people. Oh, is he? oh he's oh, okay. suing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. suing lots of people. Okay, Dan, That's we're funny. wrapping this up, but let me add a couple of things here at the end from my notes. Yeah. Uh, the beginning became was super lynchy, super Mulholland Drive. That's what I wrote. I wrote that I down too. I was excited, mm-hmm. and I lost that excitement, but still, I was excited for. A you moment. lost it in episode two. You're saying? No, basically, I lost it within or? the first episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> within that first episode, I realized it was okay. not going to be lynchy. What you were because, yeah. and I didn't mind it. That mm-hmm. like the very beginning of it, especially because part of it is in that dark car, which mm-hmm. is how Mulholland Drive starts. Right. Uh, and it's like three or four stories kind of chopped up. So that yeah. you kind of don't have you, there's no ground under your feet right. when you're starting it. Right. I was I was like that is exactly how Mahon Drive starts, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Um. I think at a certain point I realized that Refn actually uses it on purpose. He likes to transition in a way that throws you off balance on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I don't always appreciate that. It works sometimes. Right. It. But he does it. I think again, too many, too much. I think he abuses yeah. that power when you have the ability to do something cool it you don't don't do it every time or else it becomes uncool right uh i'll just tell you this funny part um that uh because sometimes dude yeah it's like some of these things he does i swear it's so over the top that it's supposed to be funny but it just comes out of nowhere where i'm just like i don't get it like why funny funny? i know humor yeah i don't even see like oh i can see how you could find this funny then it's not then it's not funny right you know yeah so there's this scene where with the revolving camera thing where and the dad we meet the dad who has long hair claims to have a massive uh cock he's all about that cock yeah wait what no no sorry um nicholas the uh the pretty boy pretty boy oh, driving right. the car gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. yeah the young vampire guy vampire yeah. dad vampire yeah. son so vampire dad comes back from he said he's been sailing the seven seas apparently sure. and Gives his it's son. A thing we say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He gives his son a box, 
uh, to open, like a gift. And the parents are sitting there. We're watching the camera go round and round. There's some goofy, over-the-top kind of like excitable music going on that doesn't really fit yeah. at all no no dialogue it's just the music the yeah. son is having a trouble opening the package every time it goes around ah oh, i can't get this package open god and it's just like a silent film or it something seems like a joke and then yeah so then the last time it goes around though now the son has a pair of scissors and stabs the box and the box explodes with blood out the bottom sure. and we never see what's in the box we have no idea what's what's in there and okay. that's it and that's it. And then I was oh, just like, okay. If I was not, if I was the not the type of person who would have a podcast where we talk about this kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. that scene would infuriate. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fodder for a podcast to to just like mm-hmm. talk about it, bring it up. Yeah, it's fun. I'm not gonna lie fun. to you, Dan. I think mm-hmm. this show. I think somebody could take the show and edit it down to something awesome. Um, the mm-hmm. the some of the shots. Some of the shots that Refn puts together, they sh- they look like pop art. Like you mm-hmm. could frame them. Exactly. They look so cool. They yes. Look, they're so stark and and contrasted. The colors look so sharp. Yeah. Like like the girls look so lifelike in the scenes where they need to be uh, empathized with, and mm-hmm. they look like dolls in the scenes where they're being treated like like objects. Right. Like, he's can make. He can make things look how he wants them to look, which yeah. is the job of the director, right? Right. Uh, it's just that when they start moving, sometimes they take way too long to get where they're going. <laughs> yeah, and it's like ultimately you need a little more thought involved other than look cool. You know, like we need another layer of like uh, payoff uh, in some way, you know? And so that's where he sometimes may, is like may I suggest one. a little bit. May I suggest yeah. another layer of payoff? Yeah. Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> I think that this uh-huh. show has enough weird crap, yeah. but has enough long silent parts mm-hmm. that you could fill it with a couple of knuckleheads cracking wise throughout this show and have a pretty <laughs> good time. I, I think you would lose the dread and the fear, but mm-hmm. I think that if the story is a good enough story, this show is, and, and, and there's enough comedy. To, to, mm-hmm. to try to treat it like a comedy, I think right. you could absolutely <laughs> turn this show into a into a goofy hangout yeah. rather than sitting there taking it all self-seriously. Right. Yeah, I can tell you. So for me, the upsides of this whole show was episodes three, four, and five, I think, were the sweet spot of it. Um, if I could go back and have you watch these, I think that I would be curious what you thought of these. So I would say at some point, maybe if you want to go back and, you know, put it on, like you don't have to really pay I'm not, attention to I'm not totally crazy. against finishing it, to be honest. It's, okay, cool. Nice. It is doing enough things. Yeah. They're not all perfect storytelling, but it's mm-hmm. doing a half dozen other things too mm-hmm. that, it, that it is maybe worth, I even might recommend it. To yeah. give it a try because it's yeah. there's a lot here, and, but and it builds there's a lot like, that I don't like too. As much yeah. as yeah, like I was critical of the first episode. That was probably my least favorite, and so far the sixth episode is probably my second least favorite. But three mm. starts to pick up, and I was getting excited. I was I was surprised okay. like how much I was getting into it. Uh, continues into four, continues into five with the gang gang war stuff a little bit. So yeah, I would say um, ooh, there's what there. language did you watch it in? Oh. Well, I mean, subtitled in English. Other than that, what do you mean? Like, what am I well, listening mine to? Mine auto started in English. I had to switch it. Oh, no, man, not mine. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I was in the. Yours uh, started in Dutch, or no? You just left oh, it in English. No, 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 no. I listened to it. I saw it subtitled in English, and then listened to it in what? Yeah, whatever the native tongues were, because there's many Dutch. different languages. Oh, Cantonese, right, you're right, Mandarin. You're right. Yeah, that Serbian. was also difficult to me because it was hard to tell when the subtitle, like. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Eventually, I was like, okay. When there's no subtitles, it's because Mew doesn't understand. That's right. what I'm. That's what oh, I'm interesting. Oh, because yeah, there's yeah, a girl. Yeah. There's a girl that doesn't speak whatever language Mew speaks. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Uh, because Serbian. Because One's Albanian she was, in the beginning. And he, I think she, she was talking to her for so long that I was like, oh, the subtitles are like failing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to watch this with the 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 dub so that I can uh, understand what this oh, lady's oh. saying because she mm-hmm. talks for like a minute. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this can't be. But yeah. then at the end of it, the other girl says, did you understand what she said? And I was like, yeah. well, fuck, no. <laughs> I, how was I supposed to know? Yeah. yeah. But there is but a no, couple of times where you're not supposed to. It's like a montage right. where you just visually get what's going on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they're saying. Yeah. So yeah. I suggest, yeah, the original language, not in English, but with subtitles. 
Yes. Yes, for sure. Yep. And so I think that's that's pretty much it for me. I think a lot oh. of this the beginning of the show is like uh-huh. sometimes the like real life has enough misery we don't need like <laughs> added to it. <laughs> by the episode by the episode number 2, that misery is proven to not be the main flavor of this show, yeah. which is a huge uh, improvement to what I thought yeah. it was going to be. Yeah, because um, Only God Forgives like wallows in the misery in a very heavy way, dude. That's mm. like hard to, pretty hard to take. So, uh, like where you see torture scenes, just straight up like Matt, like crazy torture stuff yeah. going on. You're just like, oh my God, this is rough. Uh, so, yeah, he's pulling back. He's pulled back a little bit. And he went a little bit different direction this way and corrected over here, but still he signs it like a painting. NWR. Yeah, it's pretty. It's experimental. It's weird. And I would say. Only twenty percent are gonna like it, but you might. Be I think that's high. Good. I think that's high. But again, if that's true, then I one in five. Think, one in five yeah. is pretty good. I would say that's quite a bit. So, yeah, one in five of people who would try it. Right, right. Like, who I maybe think a know lot of him? We're gonna look at this and be like, "Well, that's not for me." <laughs> shuffle on. You know? It's not hitting the top ten. We know that for sure. No, it's in not. no way is it gonna. Yeah, yeah. It's already. But yeah, bad. this dude's already got an established career of being an artistic fartistic, so he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's next week, Dan? Oh, I think we're gonna do. Oh, The Last of Us. Zombies. Zombies. Fungal zombies. Zombie. I've never seen those before. Yeah. Fungal zombies. Oh, fung- oh cool. Yeah. I yeah. They yeah. got like so they're like heads are like splitting open and like crazy like fungus oh. things are growing out of it. Like they're know? returning to the earth, kind of. In Real a way messed up looking stuff, dude. Wow. Uh, but all right. Interesting. Until then, adios. Bye bye. Now, just watch.